Hey everybody. Well, we've made it. We've made it to the season finale of season two of this podcast. I really enjoyed getting to know the HBCU band family and hearing their stories. I will say that it has been a welcome distraction from some of the stresses of my daily life. And so it's really good to, you know, get to learn more about people and I get to share it with you all. So again, I want to thank you all for supporting this podcast and spreading the word and, you know, liking it on social media and offering suggestions. I really, really appreciate that. So I'm going to take a little break for a bit. But I will be back with season three of the podcast real soon. My hope is to do it, let's say, summertime. Let's get some interviews in before some of these band directors have to report to um, the camp. Hopefully things will be in better shape as far as the pandemic and that they'll be able to have regular camps, but we'll see. This week, I am going to close with what I call an HBCU band celebrity. At least she is in my eyes. A lot of people know her. She is very well known in the MEAC and the SWAC. I'm talking about the one, the only, Stephanie Sanders, <laughs> who is an associate director of bands at Norfolk State. She graduated from Jackson State. She's taught at Alcorn. I mean, she's just been everywhere. So she is very well known. And I'm not going to delay this anymore. Here's my interview with the one, the only, Stephanie Sanders. I'm really excited about this. Okay. Take care, everybody. So I'm here with my friend, Stephanie Sanders, who is... Good afternoon. Good afternoon. (laughs) (laughs) Stephanie is one of my favorite people. Very animated. I love talking to her. She is currently... You're the associate director? Yeah, I'm the associate director of bands, assistant professor of music, and then I'm asked... Actually, I'm the director of the jazz ensemble as well. Okay, at Norfolk State University. At Norfolk State. Yes, I'm sorry. I I got so many many slashes. Yes, (laughs) yes, you're you're hyphenate. Let me find out. Two many hats. Two many hats. Yes, yes. So I'm glad you're here. So we're going to get right into it. So, you know, I think people are going to want to know your story. Like, I mean, you're you're famous in the, in the band world. I think you're famous in the band world. But, you know, I think people kind of want to know, like, your background and all that good stuff. So let's start off. And you're second, before I even go there, like, you're a saxophone player. That's your main instrument. I know you play well, more. Well, no, actually, saxophone and bassoon. Oh, yes, that paid for all my schooling now. Okay, okay, <laughs> all right. We'll get into that. <laughs> okay. Where's your hometown? My hometown, oh, I'm, ooh, I, I sound, I'm going to sound like military brat, but we, we have not been in any part of the military. I was born in Anderson, Indiana. I lived in Gary, Indiana. My mother got married, got remarried, and she married a mayor. She met him at a mayor's convention. Isn't that cool? That's crazy. And so, and so we moved to Houston. So that's how I moved. He wasn't the mayor of Houston, though. But uh, <laughs> he was the mayor. He was the mayor of Ames, Texas, and Ames, Texas ain't but that big. But okay. he won by a landslide because his family is all of Ames. So he won. Uh, okay. he won by a so um, we moved to Houston, and so that's why I always claim Houston all the time. How old were you approximately, like when you moved to Houston? Is that like where you spent most of your time? Uh, about eleven. About eleven. Okay. Okay. So that's why I claim that the longest. Um, about 11. Yeah, to high school for the performing arts in Houston. Okay. High school. And then uh, went to Jackson State for undergrad. 
and then uh, went to uh, University of Houston for grad school. Okay, that's awesome. All right, so let's go back to when you decided to play the sax. Like, was that your first musical instrument? Look, I'm going to tell you the story. I tell people that. People say, oh, was that your first love? No. That was not my first love. Now, my mother bought me a piano that I still have to this day. Okay. I still have my piano. She got that for me in the fourth grade. So I started off with piano. I like piano, but I kind of wanted, um, you know, they give you those aptitude tests, you know, to see if you want to be a band or you want to be a choir. And so I said, oh, I don't, I, you know, I, I sang, but I, I really wanted to do band. And so um, we took our little music test and they said, oh, well, you're so good. And I said, well, I wanted to play at first. I wanted to play percussion. Well, my mom didn't know that you didn't start like on either like marimba or, you know, xylophone, or you start on snare drum. She just thought drum set. So she was like, oh, no, that's just, just too much. <laughs> so that was out. And then I really wanted to play the trombone so bad. Oh, Lord, I wanted to play trombone. But I could not buzz for nothing mm-hmm. at that time. At that time. And so the polo man, he was so nice. He said, well, I think you should try I think you should try the woodwind instruments. He was just being nice to say, oh, no. Mm. <laughs> so um, when we got to the woodwind instruments, all the girls played flute. I was like, oh, hell, I don't want to play flute. Mm. And, in, and in my family, a lot of people played clarinet. So I knew I did not want to play clarinet at mm. all. So I became a renegade. And, and played the saxophone. So I started with saxophone and did good with that. And I had a really good teacher in elementary school and in middle school. And so um, I didn't start bassoon. Well, I, I did saxophone first. Then I did flute. I actually did flute because um, at the high school where I was for the jazz band, every saxophonist had a double on something. It either had to be flute or it had to be clarinet. So I said, oh, no, we still kind of kind of have feelings on that clarinet. So I said, we do flute. So I did flute and I did flute for a while. And then my, oh, Lord, I, I, I miss my teacher, uh, Timothy Toll. He was my Stephanie band director. And uh, he said, Stephanie, I need to challenge you. I'm going to give you an instrument. And he says, I'm not going to give you, you know, we didn't have the internet and YouTube and all uh-huh. that stuff back then. So he says, look. If you can put it together, didn't give me any directions or anything. He said, if you can put it together and if you can play three notes, I will pay for your first four lessons. And you know, that wasn't nothing but a challenge to me. So right. I said, okay. So I put that, you know, you, you know, I just, you know, just, just put it together. And I was like, what the hell is this? This look like a damn gun. And then I put the, put the reed on and I played, uh, you know, just trying to play around with it. Mm-hmm. And I said, okay, I played me had a little lamb. I said, oh, we got four lessons down. And then that's, look, I played the blue suit and uh, played in wind ensemble. And then uh, the orchestra rec- director found out that I started on bassoon. He was like, look, I know you don't know all the, all of the instrument yet, but I need you to play every note on that page. I don't care if you don't know any other notes. I just need the notes that are on this page of this music. Mm-hmm. And that's how I learned real quick, because I was just, you know, learning the fingerings to just learn to play in the orchestra, and I loved it. And so that's how I got really, you know, excited with bassoon. So I, I do both, and then I did I did uh, clarinet and oboe in college. Right. You know, so that was fun. So and then I was like, okay, I got it now. We're gonna keep all the woodwinds down. Right. So that's how I got it. All the, all the instruments. Mm-hmm. Okay, that is awesome. So, so you, you first learned sax. That was like in elementary school, like third grade or something like that. That was that was fourth grade. Uh huh. I did saxophone okay. first. 
Mm-hmm. Okay, okay. And and about your high school, you said you went to a performing arts high school? Yeah, I went to performing arts high school. Yeah, the high school for the performing arts in Houston. And um, so I played in jazz ensemble, wind ensemble, orchestra, Lord Jesus, and everything else. You know, we did like for the show band, for the, the choir, we played in it for that and all other things. So, you know, and then, you know, just my mom, I have to, I, I thank God for my mom. My mom put me in everything. She's a sweet lady. I remember meeting her a while back. Yeah. Hey, hey look, if it was, that's why I call her my queen bee, honey, because she keeps our hive together. And yeah. um, she exposed me to stuff. And I'm going to tell you a funny story, Christy. For years, uh, my mother would take me to the ballet, to the orchestra, and take me to go see the Nutcracker every year. Mm-hmm. And I was so blessed. Uh, 12 years ago, I got, when I started playing with the symphony here, and I got to play the Nutcracker. So I flew her down. Uh, I flew her down. Oh, I started crying. I said, Ma, I said, all these years you've taken me to see Nutcracker, and now you get to see me perform in Nutcracker. And um, so that, you know, she's really come to actually every major event that I've had in life. You know, mm-hmm. I've been blessed with that. And so I can tell people, you know, while your parents are living, you know, take advantage of being with them because they're not only the wealth of knowledge, but just, you know, just to have your family around, especially during this COVID because she lives in Mississippi. So I just worry about a lot. So I went down, you know, for a break and go and see her. (laughs) Oh, my gosh. Okay, so how did you first hear of Jackson State? And then did you know that you wanted to study music when you went to college? Like, tell me about your your path to college. Okay. Okay, and I knew I wanted to do music of some sort. I just didn't know what, I really wanted to just perform. Now, I'm just going to honestly say, I just wanted to perform. I didn't want to teach. And I wanted to go, I had, a, I wanted to go um, with the performing arts. You got all of the colleges coming in to get the kids for college. So I auditioned for Carnegie Mellon and I got a full scholarship at Carnegie Mellon. And uh, she said, Stephanie, she, she was a single parent. She says, I'm too scared to send you all the way up to Pennsylvania by yourself. And I don't have any contacts up there. Then Howard came to my school. And Howard at that time was the only HBCU that actually came to our school for years. So they wined and dined, took my mama out for lunch and dinner and everything. Well, my mama said, oh, I can't release her to the dinner wolves out there in D.C. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. And so I, it was so funny. I had auditioned for Jackson State, if you can believe this, Christy, in middle school. Uh, Jackson State what? came in Houston. My mom was big with the Alumni Association. So they came into town, and of course the band came. And so she said, well, I want you just to audition for the department chair. So these folks thought I was a, a daggone senior in high school. I was just an eighth grade girl. And so I had auditioned. And they said, well, you ready to go to school? And I'm like, mm, I'm ready to go to high school. And they said, oh, we got four more years. I said, yeah. And they said, I promise you. They said, when you graduate, you have a full ride to come to school. And my mom and my dad are both alone. Mm-hmm. And uh, so when they said, well, she said, I really would like for you to go somewhere that's kind of close. It wasn't close, but, it, you know, from Houston. And I had family there. So if anything went down and she got some of her girlfriends and her friends there. So if something were to go down, I had, but to be away from home you know, and uh, man, that was the best opportunity for me to go to Jackson. And I loved all my four years being there. 
So let's talk about your, your freshman year at camp, or, you know, at camp when you first got to Jackson. Girl, let me tell you. Now, let me tell you. My mother told me, she told me, she warned me. She said, Stephanie, I need you to start exercising and getting ready for band camp. Well, you know, I went to performing arts school. We don't have a football team. We didn't have, um, that's our joke at the high school. We got an undefeated team because we don't have no team. So, <laughs> so. She said, start exercising. She brought me and I look, Christy, I never wore really pants and shorts because I wore skirts all the time. Not, not a religious thing, but that was just my thing. And then plus my bassoon teacher, I wanted to be like her. So she wore skirts and converse. And so I was like, okay, I'm gonna be just like her. So I had my skirt and converse. I rode the bus to Jackson by myself first. Mm-hmm. Got to the bus station downtown and had to ride a taxi over and I got to the school and I'm like, oh Lord, this place looks like a prison. You know, I just, uh, oh, kind of scared. Mm-hmm. I get there, you know, put my stuff in dorm and everything and then go down to the music building to register for barricade. <laughs> so I had my uh, saxophone. So they're like, hey, hey girl, you know, what's that in your case? And I'm like, who the hell is this? You know, and I'm just like, why you keep asking me all these questions? And it was getting on my nerves. And I was like, it's none of your business. You'll see when I open up my case. You know, I mean, people just, you know, but you know how upperclassmen are. They just trying to find out who they are and everything. Right, right. Girl, we get into, we get into that room for orientation. And they were like, um, let me introduce you to our section leaders. And I was like, oh. <laughs> you stepped in it now. <laughs> it was good it was good but I was like oh my god this is gonna be hell girl and then we had um you know got everything together now that mind you I still had my skirt and my converse on had a Jackson State sweatshirt had a skirt on and had some converse mm-hmm. girl our drum major Ira Vaughn that's my buddy to this day he says okay we're getting ready to do a tour on the campus and I was like yes I get to see what the buildings look like Christy, they started running. They started running. And I'm like, what y'all doing? What y'all doing? Why is everybody, why is everybody running? Why is everybody running? And they were like, come on, crap. Let's go. Let's go. Girl, I puffed and I puffed. Oh, I puffed and puffed so hard. And it was so funny. I was not used to really exercising like that, okay? Mm-hmm. And then not only that, you know, I, I was actually, Christy, I was much bigger when I was in school than I am now. I was mm-hmm. much bigger. So of course my thighs kind of rubbed together. Girl, I thought my thighs were on fire. Yeah. <laughs> they were on fire. Cause I had never, you know, had to do that exercise and stuff like that. Yeah, that's like, shaking is no joke. Yeah. You know, now they got they got rubbed for that and powder and all. Girl, yeah. you know, back then it was nothing but Vaseline and mm-hmm. baby powder. That's all right. Ooh, it just prayed it didn't touch. So that night from exercising and stuff, I said, I called my mom on the payphone. I said, mom, uh, I want to go home. <laughs> and she said, she said, you don't think you can make it? I said, mom, I said, you need to send me a bus ticket or a train ticket or a plane. She said, well, do you think you can make it to the end of the semester? And I was like, uh, I don't know. She said, well, I, I got a deal for you. She says, look. Try to see if you can make it to the end of the semester. And if it doesn't work out, I promise you, I'll, I'll bring you home. And I was like, okay, I can't say nothing. You know, my mom worked hard. I got a full scholarship, so I can't knock this out, you know. So, girl, I got introduced to Mr. Adams. 
Mr. Adams is one of my directors at the time. Mm-hmm. If it wasn't for him and Martha Collier, who was the clarinet section leader at the time, if it wasn't for those two, I wouldn't stay. I wouldn't stay with the band. Adam said, look, this is, I know this is a transition for you, but I think you can make it. And I know it's going to take you some time to, to, you know, just get in with the school, a new sense of being by yourself and a new, you know, just a new way of doing things. And uh, if it wasn't for him and Martha Collier, I want to stay with the band, Christy. So that's how I, uh, and look, get this. My freshman year did all of that and then became section leader, head section leader girl, section, uh, sophomore year. Wow. And I was like, yes, because both of my section leaders had, they graduated. Yeah, Brian Easter and Benny Reeves, they graduated. And after that, oh girl, I was like, okay. And if I thank God that I had a wonderful experience my freshman year. Um, it was a hard transition for me because I kept to myself. And then also my mindset of college was a little different, you know, because look, after look now, you and I know when we were in band, band was from like 6 p.m. until. Yes, yes. Well, you know, I practice after band practice. And so they would look at me like, you're not going to go party or nothing. No, I need to get this in. I need to get this in. So I would practice until the janitors would, you know, come and knock on the door and they would say, Stephanie, we're getting ready to close the building down. So the janitors knew your name? (laughs) Well, I'm the only person up in the practice room after band practice. Wow. That's no joke, man. (laughs) And so luckily at that time, I had dated my boyfriend at the time. He was so sweet. He said, Stephanie, he would always give me a quarter, Christy. And he, he said, call me in the dorm. And, I, and his dorm was right across the street from the music building. And he would walk me to my dorm. And uh, I love Anthony DeHue. Bless his soul. Yep, I sure do. Yeah. That was my freshman year, girl. Freshman year. <laughs> so yeah, let's talk about some of the games that you had. So I mean, I know that you got rivalries with Southern. You got rivalries with Alcorn. My freshman and sophomore year, honestly, were because our football team was actually pretty good. So we went to Circle City Classic up in Indianapolis. So mm-hmm. um, that's when we got to go to the big games, and that's the first time I ever saw Bethune Cookman. Um, I didn't know they were so huge. I was like, who is Bandy's? You know, we were huge too. Right. Mm-hmm. And we did the uh, NBA All-Star Game. Oh. Uh, that was fun. We, that was, and that was actually in Charlotte. That was in Charlotte, North Carolina. Did you get to meet the athletes? Did they come by and did they like say? Oh, man. Look, Christy, we, 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 we thought we were just royalty. And then they gave us, you know, because we couldn't track with our shoes on the uh, court, they gave us the referee tennis shoes. So, you know, we didn't, and they were all black, girl, you couldn't tell us nothing. Wow. And so, oh, and we had the best time. Lord Jesus. What else did we do? We went on tour a lot of places. Um, When I was in school, like with jazz band, we went to the uh, International Association of Jazz Educators Convention. We played for them twice jazz band we went to the new orleans jazz festival that was fun and we got to open up twice for count basie's band oh my god yes and uh who who would have thought that at the the last time uh frank foster frank foster was the lead tenor well anyway he was the leader of the band at the time i did not know he lived in chesapeake virginia girl i tell you how the world is so small wow he remembered me all those years so when i got to norfolk state his niece was trying to see, you know, just to connect since he lived here in Chesapeake. Mm-hmm. And uh, we met, he says, girl, I know you. And I was like, oh my God. So he did week residencies with us. And I mean, it was just 
Oh, it was a blessing. See, but, I told um, you you were famous. I told you. I told you you were famous. <laughs> you see, you're so crazy. But uh, I mean, I would have never thought, Christy, that I would have done marching band. You know, the orchestra, jazz ensemble, wind ensemble, and the chamber groups and stuff. I knew I was going to do that. And mm-hmm. I really didn't know that I was going to be in education at all. Okay. Um, I took Mr. Adams' class. Mr. Adams' class was the class before you do your student teaching. Okay. And, uh, Oh, I knew then that I was not going to be in education. I was like, we're going to be performing. We're just going to perform. Mm-hmm. Mr. Adams said, you know what? You're going to be in education and you're going to love it. I'm like, whatever, get real. And then uh, my teacher, my teacher was like, a, he was a doubler like me. John Paul Jones, Dr. John Paul Jones. He was over like the Mississippi Fair. He was big with the military and, um, uh, Man, I, it was just, he just exposed me to different stuff. And he said, come on, Steph, come on, go with me. He said, you help me do so-and-so. And, and, and uh, man, I just was exposed to the military life that I didn't know about until I moved here to mm-hmm. Norfolk. Because I, I wasn't exposed to, you know, the military and things of that nature. And uh, I tell my students to this day, um, they didn't know. Because I tell people, um, if students have an opportunity to play in the service bands, you know, if you can do it, I would preferably like them to get their bachelor's degree so it'll pay for school and then they can be commissioned a little bit higher up, you know, from Mm -hmm. having the degree. So I, uh, my teacher asked me, he said, Stephanie, what you want to do? I said, well, I'm going to grad school because I finished in December. I said, I'm going to, I'm going to grad school in January. He said, well, Stephanie, I want you to have some options. He said, audition for the Navy band. I was like, okay. And I I made the Navy band, Christy, but I wasn't ready. I wasn't mentally or physically ready to do Navy band. Oh my goodness. uh, I could not wish you guys in the military. That's funny. Uh I would have retired. I would have probably retired from the military. Mm -hmm. um, That that probably would have been my route. And so, um, yeah, they said, well, can you lose this much weight by, you know, boot camp? I'm like, no. I said, I don't think (laughs) This is not going to be for me, but I appreciate the opportunity. So I still got my letter. I show my students to this day. They were like, oh, this Saturday. I said, yeah, because I, I talked to my friends because she said, girl, you could have been my, you would have been my boss. I said, that's all right. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. But uh, man, I just, I had some, Christy, I, I tell anybody, any if you have a chance to go to an HBCU, you know, it's a wonderful experience. And it's the time that they you get to learn about yourself, how to interact with others. And then you start, you learn about your passion. What is your passion? Now, of course, of course being in college, you change it 50 million times. Mm-hmm. But, you know, you get to learn what you want to do what, or what kind of direction you want to go in. And uh, man, it's been a wonderful experience. And I've just been blessed to have good teachers, you know. And who'd ever thought that 20 years later, you know, I would have been working with Mr. Adams. Okay, so you finish your your bachelor's degree. Do you, you go straight into master's program? In December and January 4th, I went to grad school right in the spring. Okay. And I went straight through school. And um, after I went straight through school, I got out and actually when I, while I was in uh, graduate school, one of my former mentors from Texas Southern uh, left Texas Southern and went and got a new high school in Houston. And so he says, Stephanie, he says, look, I need you to do an in-service for me to teach these band directors how to play double reed instruments. And I was like, okay, cool. And so the workshop went fabulous. And so he says, Stephanie, look, would you like to teach private lessons for our school district? And I was like, 
oh, okay, I'll do it, I'll do it. And that's how I started getting, you know, I taught private lessons at first. But while I was in grad school, I went to school during the day, taught school in the afternoon, and then I gigged at night. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, because you have a very, like, healthy gigging career. So, like, how did you get into that? Tried to handle it. You know, I tell people to this day, it's prayer and vitamins. That's what works. Prayer Mm -hmm. and vitamins work a lot. So I did that. And then once I got out of school, um, you know, I taught school. And then uh, my godmother, who's an alumnus of Alcorn, she said, Stephanie, go on and apply for the job. So I went down to Alcorn. Alcorn is in the middle of nowhere. Lord Jesus. You know, and I come a big, big Houston girl. So I said, oh, Lord, I don't know if I can do this. I said, but you know what? I want to try it. You know, if it doesn't work, you know, I can go back and teach school, go, you know, go home, whatever. And um, when I had a taste of teaching on a college uh, level with teaching jazz ensemble, I was like, you know what? I think I really want to try this full time. So that's how I got, you know, with the Alcorn gig. And it was the best three years of my life. Oh, I loved working with Samuel Griffin. And it was a wonderful experience. And we had a huge band, girl. They were like 350 in the band. Because, mm-hmm. you know, we, we could waive out-of-state fee. And um, so, you know, I recruited all of Houston. You know, I just mm-hmm. got all my because I knew them, you know, from teaching public school, I knew the kids. So now not only just Houston, but just everywhere. So it was just a wonderful experience. And so look, my third year teaching at Alcorn, this is a funny thing. This is how we get to Mr. Adams. Mr. Adams called out the blue. And I said, okay, hey, Mr. Adams, how you doing? And um, he's just a genius. And uh, he said, Steph, I want you to look up a city. And I'm like, okay. You know, he just, sometimes he just asks random things. And then he says, I want you to look up a city. And I said, okay. He said, I want you to look up Norfolk, Virginia. And then he hung up the phone. I was like, okay. I don't know anything about Norfolk. And, you know, and that was when the internet just really just started, you know. So I, you know, pulled up a little information and found out it was the biggest naval base and, you know, all of that good stuff. So just had my little demo assignment for Mr. Adams. So when he called me back, he called me back a couple, about a month or two later. And he said, uh, Stephanie, I want you to apply for this job. And I was like, well, you know, I got a, I got a good job where I am. He says, I want you to apply for this job. And uh, he says, uh, our, uh, Mr. Hester, Mr. Hester I retired. And uh, he says, I want you to apply for the job and, um, you know, keep your skills up with interviews and all of that stuff. And mm-hmm. get a nice trip, go to the beach. See, you see how he like, does stuff. He ain't slick. Look, recruiting me just like a student. Anyway. <laughs> Yep, that's Mr. Adams. And so, and so I got up there and um and I was like, okay, this is a nice area, you know. And, and he said, how'd your interview go? I said, my interview went really, really well. I said, it was one man that just kept asking me all these questions. Then I found out that was Mr. Hester. He, I guess, you know, he just wanted to know. Mm-hmm. And so he came into the conference room and he said, you know, Paul, you picked a good one. You picked a good one. And uh, and that's how I got I got the job at at, at Norfolk State. Wow. And, uh, and I was I didn't want to leave really, and because I didn't want Mr. Griffin from Alcorn to think that you know I'm using this as a stepping stone because I really wasn't mm-hmm. I wasn't looking for a job or anything. And so I told him, and um, he told me he says, "Look, you will never get an opportunity like this ever." He said, "Just do it." He says, "If they don't treat you right, you can come back and get your same job." Now, how many people will tell you? To leave one job to do something better, and if you if you if it doesn't work out, you come back and get your job. See, that's a blessing right there. Look, and Christy, that was twenty one years later. <laughs> <laughs> now I've been in Norfolk for twenty one years. 
Oh my gosh. I, 21 years, girl. Okay. It makes sense now that I think about it, but wow, 21 years. It that's time flew by. Cause I I remember being, you know, I was in Norfolk area. Yeah. In mm-hmm. fact, I was teaching at Norfolk State in Get out of here. 2001. I taught in 2001 and 2002 and 2003. So like I had oh. some folks in, in my class. Like I still keep up with some of them. Yeah. Oh, yes, ma'am. It's been yeah. 21 years. So it's been a blessing. It's really wow. been a blessing. And um, it was so funny because when I first got it, I got really homesick because this has been the furthest that I've been. And mm-hmm. uh, my grandma. My grandmother at that time lived in Manhattan. So that was the closest relative. Mm-hmm. And so Mr. Adams, Mr. Adams said, he said, Stephanie, Maxine and I will be your family. And and, and that's how it was. And uh, that's how we became, that's how that's how I came to Norfolk State. So it's been a blessing. It's been a real yeah. blessing. Oh my gosh. Okay, so let's talk about your time at Norfolk State. Like what, okay. what, what are some of the memorable performances? Since I've been there, of course, um, just the band in general, the entire time. Um, we went to, we marched the Mardi Gras parade. Yeah. Um, I'm actually, an, I'm an honorary citizen of, of New Orleans. So, um, yeah, the mayor gave us all, gave us all um, citations for that. So that's why I love New Orleans. Um, let me see, we did Mardi Gras. Of course we did Honda two times. Oh Lord, we've done so much stuff. Our video, uh, with justice, oh Lord, that was exciting. That was yeah, like, that was about maybe three, maybe three years ago. Mm-hmm. Maybe three years. Ago. That was an opportunity to do that. Um, Karen Clark Shear doing halftime with her. Oh, Layla Hathaway, Lord have mercy. Oh, Mr. I Adams. love her. Oh Lord, Mr. Adams wrote wrote her arrangements. Uh, and we did halftime with her. Man, we've had some. It's, it's so many things. Yeah. Oh, a jazz band got to open up for Cornell West. Oh, that was exciting. Oh, okay. um, man, we've just had some good stuff over the years. Um, mm-hmm. Going to the Villanova Jazz Festival, taking them. We were the first uh, uh, HBCU to go to the Villanova Jazz Festival. Uh, man, I was so blessed in 2005, uh, the saxophone quartet we had at the time, took them to the International Association of Saxophone, um, and they were the first HBCU to perform for the festival. That's and, awesome. Uh, oh, man, it was so funny because uh, we had the highest attendance of the college students that came. Mm-hmm. And uh, Mr. Adams said, yeah, you're going to be the number one because they want to see what these brown faces can do at this uh <laughs> You know it. <laughs> you know it's it. festival. And um, we did Virginia Music Educators Association. We did the conferences. We did that twice. Man, Frank Foster, do that. We got to meet Slide Hampton. Uh, we went to UNCW for their jazz festival. Met Slide Hampton, who was the guest artist at the end. And then we won that. And so he was like, can I use your trombonist for the night? And I was like, of course, you can use my trombone section because they were just Ah, they went crazy. And then he said, well, did you bring your horn with you? I said, well, I always bring my horn. He said, well, I need you to play with me tonight. And I was like, ah! So I got to play with Slide Hampton. I mean, it's just, I've had wonderful, man, uh, Kirk Whalum, he's a good, he's a good mentor of mine. And uh, he came to town. He said, Steph, I just need, I need a couple of things. I need my haircut. I need you to take me a soul food restaurant and I need to go get some batteries. I say, okay, because at that time, Radio Shack was still open in MacArthur mm-hmm. Mall, so I took him to Capital Cuts to get his hair cut. Yeah, yeah. And, uh, 
And then we went to, ah, uh, the, the Soul Food Restaurant is not open anymore. Was it Big Daddy's at that time? Mm -hmm. It was a little front of the street. We got Soul Food. He says, I'm straight. So he did workshops for us and uh, then gave the kids front row tickets that night. They were elated. When uh, Whit Marcellus came to uh, seeing you, I said, look, I said, I got some kids. I said, the first year, first year I came and I said, well, I just kind of got a van load, van load of kids. I just want them to meet you and just mm -hmm. to be around you to get his aura. They love it. And Lord, he said, well, you come in, we're coming back next year. He said, you want to come and have some tickets? I was like, no, you ain't telling me but a thing. Yeah. <laughs> look, then I had, look, then Christy, I got a bus load, then I got a bus to go. <laughs> see, you, you see how black people do? You know what? Give them an inch. Look, no, but no, you look, you don't tell me anything. Like I tell the students, look, I'll get you together. I'll find the money. However we find the money, we're yeah. going to get it. I said, I need the product ready. So you just be ready. So when I say, let's go, Let's go. And so it's just been, it's just been really been a blessing being here in uh, Virginia. I would have never thought that I would have been here 21 years, you know. I, I figured, I said, maybe, you know, maybe three years, five years, and then, you know, shoot, 21 years later. <laughs> so, so you've never had an interest to be a, a, a head director? It's just not your thing? I have. I have at one time, uh, honestly, Christy, and I actually had one time to, that I wanted to do be department chair, but I, it's a heavy responsibility. And I'll say this: as much as I performed, I know I wouldn't be I wouldn't be able to perform. Mm -hmm. uh, I took the head job at one time. I really did want it, but you know the Lord has a master plan, and um, that just wasn't my plan. Mm -hmm. Honestly, um, did it hurt me a little bit? It stung a little bit, but, but, you know, I said, um, the Lord has me here for a reason. It right. just has me doing things in life for a reason. So things just happen. You know, I don't, I don't want to say, you know, oh, mm -hmm. but oh, have I wanted to? Oh, of course. Well, oh, you're human. You're human. I mean, you know. I know I wouldn't be able to perform, you know, because I like, look, I get out of there and perform a gig in, in a minute. Play and your students thing. love you. Your students love you. I know that. I mean, I've seen it firsthand, you know, so maybe it is your, your where you're supposed to be. And I'm so glad that like you have the relationships with those students. Yeah, I love them. I, I, um, I give them respect, first of all, you know, and then you have to teach them, you know, um, and especially even with this generation now, they're, they're so, um, I don't want to say the word limited, but they're just not exposed to a lot of things. And I want you especially with being at HBCU, I want you to be so prepared. So when you get out there in the workforce or when you get out there in grad school or you do whatever, you are qualified, all right? And then also, you are also knowledgeable of your field, you know? And it's hard being out there. And it's nice when you have people say, well, you know, we need a music educator for so-and-so. Oh, we got two that graduated or, you know, looking for a job or, you know, anything. And then what's so funny, Krista, you know, I tell people all the time, people just think the band is just full of music majors. I say 85% of the band is, are just students, regular students on campus. We recruit for Norfolk State, you know, so we've got kids in all the different fields. So Lord Jesus, if I get sick, I know I got some doctors and some nurses, mm -hmm. you know, I... <laughs> I got some lawyers. I got some CPAs. I got, oh, I got, everything. I got all the fields covered. Um, one of my students last year um, did her internship with uh, USC and she had her 
presentation on Zoom. And mm -hmm. she said, Miss Sandy, would you come? I said, yes, I'm going to be there. And I'm going to be there with bells on. So I'm typing every five minutes. Congratulations. Oh, I see you. The report is great. Yes. And she said, Miss Sandy, I was so proud just to have somebody there to know, you know. And um, I said, look, I'm so proud of you. I said, I want you all to do well, you know, and just represent the university and just represent yourself, you know. Yeah. It's just an exciting, exciting time. And and you gig, tell, tell me about your gigging real quick. Um, so I know you were in oh. like lots of different ensembles. So so tell me a little bit about some of the um performances oh. you've been in. Jesus, I got a lot. Okay. Okay, I played with the symphony, symphonicity. I played mm -hmm. with symphonicity on um, bassoon. I played with Tidewater Winds. I played bassoon with them. That's a concert band. Mm -hmm. Um play with them I play actually we have a Hampton Roads woodwind quintet so we just got together and we've been doing that and actually it was so funny we got together because okay. BCU had a Villanova festival and so we wanted to play the quintet for the festival and that's how we got together and I said well look we can do this on a more permanent thing and so that's how we became the Hampton Roads woodwind quintet oh, and wow. we did that I played I play with rock jazz, um, mm -hmm. you know, that's the R&B, uh, smooth jazz group. And then I play with rock jazz on plug. So that's just, you know, jazz and smooth jazz. I play with them. And you and, all did uh, the um, Hampton Jazz Festival too, right? Yes, we did. Oh, that was, look, yeah. it was so fun to open up for uh, Jill Scott and Kim and Dave Cos. And oh uh, man, I got to meet so many people backstage. It was so fun, you know, and they are such nice people. And I've opened up for uh, Jonathan Butler. I've opened up for uh, Kirk Whalem, uh, Rick Braun. I've opened up for, we opened up, oh man, let me tell you a funny story. We opened up uh, for the American Music Festival that's on the beach every year. We opened up for Boys to Men. Well, the drummer for Boys to Men ended up playing for Stevie Wonder. Stevie Wonder came to town in 2009. And so uh, one of my students, uh, my, one of my former students, because he knew I love Stevie Wonder. And uh, Miss Sanders, I know you want to go see Stevie Wonder. I said, hell yeah, was that, they were at uh, ODU. They said, well, what you doing that night? I said, I'm not doing anything. So, so come on and sit with us in the VIP. I said, oh Lord. So we went to the concert. Stevie wanted to open up at 7.30, no opening act, and, and sang from 7.30 to 10.30. And we, I did wow. not sit down the entire night. Wait, this is the funny story, girl. We get finished after the concert. We walking out. And a guy sees me. He says, I know you. And I'm like, damn, I know you too. He said, you opened up for us when I played with Boys to Men. I said, oh my God. Mm -hmm. I said, you remember me? He said, yeah. I said, yeah, I can't remember. I can't forget a female saxophone player. And um, he said, well, what you doing tonight? I said, well, I'm getting ready to go home. He said, well, we're going to, the gang, the, the musicians, we're going to stay up until we leave because we're going to leave about four o'clock in the morning. He said, you want to hang with us? I'm like, you know I want to hang with y'all. So I hung with them all night. Christy, that's the first time I have ever excused classes because um, I was so tired. Because I had, um, I, we, we, I didn't get finished with them. They left late. They got finished at six something. They left about 620, something like that. I have jazz band on Tuesdays and Thursdays at 730 in the morning. Oh, I was fit to be tired. My eyes were rolling out the back of my head. Mm -hmm. <laughs> wow. And, um, and that's the first time I have ever excused class. And they were like, and I told them, you know, and I was like, guys, I am so raggedy. Um, and uh, I'm sorry, but we're just going to have to miss class today. 
Mm-hmm. They were like, what? And then I told them the story. They were like, oh, we understand. We understand. <laughs> uh, well, I guess if there's any reason to cancel class, it would be for that. <laughs> Yeah, so, and, and you know, I invite the kids to stuff too. So they've, you know, been able to see and, you know, and they were like, oh, I didn't know that these people were so nice. And I was like, yeah, good people. It's been a real good blessing. Well, you know what? I'm just going to close there. Thank you for being on the podcast. Oh, I enjoyed myself. Thank you for asking me. I feel, look, I feel honored. <laughs> Sweet. Well, hey, and not every day you get to talk to a celebrity like Stephanie. <laughs> You have listened to the HBCU Band Experience with Christy Walker. Interviews and editing conducted by yours truly, Dr. Christy Walker. The music is District 4 by Kevin McLeod. And you can find this podcast on hbcubandexperience.podbean.com. You can find us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever else you get your podcasts. Take care.